Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another weekly planner call today, ready to answer the questions you have for you. And I'm going to get started. We are just two weeks away from the end of 2018. So let's make sure that we work hard for the next two weeks and we're ready for vacation. I'm already feeling vacation since November 22nd. We bought our little Christmas tree and we are on vacation mode. So let's do the weekly planner so I can move on and keep enjoying the little vacation we have here in Miami before we go out of the city. So let's get started with the question. So Pedro asked, what should we take to the closing table? So my answer, it's going to be a little bit controversial. I haven't been to a closing probably in the last seven to eight years. And there are several reasons why I don't go to closings, Pedro. Number one, I am not an expert at the closing. I know how to read the hot, but I'm not an expert if something happens. So I don't want to look like a fool in front of my client. Number two, it's very, very time consuming. All right. So let, let's go back again to, to, to question to, to, to the first point. I don't want to go to a place where I don't feel that I'm an expert and that if somebody asks me something, I'm not going to be able to give an opinion. So I'm sitting at the closing table. All right. Actually, you can't sit at the closing table anymore, but I'm going with my client to the uh, title company and I'm sitting like I don't know anything that I'm talking about. I'm making 10, 15, $20,000 commission and there's nothing I can bring to the table because I'm not an expert at closing. I'm an expert at real estate. I know how to value property. I know, and I know exactly how the market behaves. I know how to calculate the returns. I know how I can help my client very, very well in that sense in real estate. But when it comes time, the time to closing, there's not much I can do. So I don't want to look like a fool. So I prevent going from a to a closing because there is not much value that I can bring. Second, it's very time consuming. By the time you get to the to the title company or to the lawyer's office, you guys do the closing and you go back, it's three, four hours. So it's been half a day that I could have invested helping somebody else sell or buy a property. Again, I want to make sure that I concentrate in my very few unique abilities where I can bring the most value, right? And I explain that to my client from the beginning. So through the process, I'm reminding my client when, that when he or she goes to the closing, she's going to expect a, B, and C. And I always work pretty much with the same title company if we have the power to choose a title company. So I am very confident that they are going to help my client. So again, your broker might tell you to go to the closing. You might decide to go to the closing. I never go to the closing, Pedro. I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want to waste my time. And if something goes wrong, who is the first person they're going to see to lower their commission? Me. So I want to stay out of there. All right. So that's my personal uh, opinion. I know it's very controversial. When I do seminars, people have different opinions. But if I were you, I wouldn't go to the closing. All right. I make sure that from the time I meet my client to the point up to the closing, I provide the best service that I can provide. I give as much value as I can and then I leave it to the closing agent who is an expert at that. Very, very, very good question, okay? Uh, uh, there is another question here. Susan says, what about the walkthrough? The walkthrough, I also, depends on who my client is. If I do it because it's a friend of mine, I will go through the walkthrough maybe 
once or twice in the last five or five years I, I've done that. And uh, just because it's my friend, again, the walkthrough, is there anything I can do during the walkthrough, Susan? All I can do is write down a punch list, right? Or see what's wrong and what's not. I'd rather send somebody from my team. And if you don't have a team, I completely understand. You can send somebody from your office. You pay that person $25, $30. Again, to me, going through a walkthrough, going to a close is it's just an excuse to feel that I'm busy. But that is going to prevent me from what? From developing my specialized knowledge where actually where I can help my client from doing the marketing to find more clients and to have more sales conversations. I don't want to deviate from these three activities, all right? Specialized knowledge, marketing, and sales conversation. Anything else can be delegated. I can pay $20, $25 to somebody in the office who is a new agent who wants to get more exposure, who wants to learn something more about the business, who is brand new and who needs the $25. So I'd rather pay that person $25 so I can concentrate on activities that are going to bring me $1,000, $2,000 an hour, all right? So very, very important. Workthroughs waste a lot, a lot of time, all right? That's something that can be done by somebody else, all right? Ekaterina says, good, and Marie says, good. Denise says, better, excellent. All right, so let's continue with the questions right here. Very, very good question. And again, as you see, Pedro is very controversial controversial going or not or what can what should we bring to the table so the next one is about farming which is what should I do in an area where I do want to I want to farm and I've been living there my whole life but it doesn't have enough transactions the way you mentioned it in the module which is 80 to 90 transactions or uh, properties sold within the last 80 to 90 days okay so very important again Let's say you live in Coral Gables your whole life in this, you know, in this area. And in this area, there has been only 60 properties sold. We know that that's not enough. In module number one, we talk about the area, right? Where you're going to farm, where you're going to focus. So you need to find an area where there are where where there were at least 80 to 90 properties sold within the last 12 months. Again, before you do any type of advertising, any type of marketing make sure that you have ensure that in your area there were at least 80 to 90 properties sold within the last 12 months. This is a mistake even top agents make when they're farming or when they're focusing in an area where they're choosing their target area. If there are not at least 80 properties sold within the last 12 months, there is not enough activity. And even if you do great marketing, there's just not enough properties selling within the last 12 months. So to answer that question, if there have been, if there haven't been more than 80 properties sold within the last 12 months, all we have to do is from that specific area where you said you've lived all your life, all you have to do is keep spending, keep spending, keep spending within that area until you reach 80 to 90 properties sold. And there is a sign. There's a, a math mathematical reason why we talk about 80 to 90 properties sold. Well, if you can have, right, 12 to 15% market share, which is within the first year, if you do what we teach you to do, you will achieve 12 to 15% market share within your area. And 12 to 15% in your area of 80 to 90 properties sold, it's about 12 transactions, 12 listings per year. Is that enough for you? For most people, that is more than enough. 
for some people, that is not enough. That's okay. If it is not enough for you, 12 listings, extra listings per year, that's okay. I understand. So all you have to do, once you've proven that you dominate that specific area of 80 to 90 properties sold and you got 12 listings, once you prove the formula and the formula is working, all you have to do to increase your listings from 12 to 24 is just double it, right? You want to go to 36, keep spending, keep spending, keep spending, and keep dominating your area. Focus on conversion. Keep getting to the same people more and more and more so you can get to 35, 40%. I talk a lot about one of our agents who's been in coaching for a long time, uh, for what, three years already, Nivaldo. And Nivaldo has in some of his buildings 40, 40% market share. 40% market share. So what do you need to do? You need to keep positioning yourself as the expert of choice. You need to have step number two, enough marketing, frequency, and consistency so you can go from 15 to 20 to 30 to 40 to even 50% in your area. All right. Very, very, very good question. So the next one, well, let me see. I, I have a, a more questions here. So prospecting, Susan, prospecting, any suggestion? Uh, are you still considering selling your home? Then the script. Okay. So I'm going to try to, uh, to digest your, okay, to understand your question. So prospecting, any suggestions, okay, for prospecting, I guess. Good morning, are you still uh, considering selling your home? Then the script, Susan, I do not believe in scripts. Uh, I, again, our, my, our coaching, and you know it, it's just a three-step process, right? We want to make sure that we have the specialized knowledge, the marketing, and then the sales conversations. Here's the problem with scripts. Scripts, all I'm doing is memorizing something, right? But if I don't have the specialized knowledge, then it's very difficult for me to have a valuable conversation. So I want to focus on specialized knowledge and whatever question comes through the conversation, I'll be able to answer it. Uh, I've been doing TV for more than 15 years. And uh, from the beginning, my coach on TV told me, don't ever try to memorize anything. Learn the subject and through the questions and the interaction with the people and the person that is interviewing you and with your audience, you'll be able to give way more value. You will engage more because what happens also with the script, Susan, is when you forget a word in the script, you're gone. That's it. All right. So we don't want to memorize scripts. At least that's our philosophy more, for more than 15 years doing seminars, being on TV. It's that I need to have the specialized knowledge. And when we have this specialized knowledge, it doesn't really matter the angle our per, the person that we're conversing with uh, comes from, we'll be able to answer that. So again, focus on your specialized knowledge and then marketing so you can talk to more people, more people that will give you the sales conversations we're looking for, all right? Uh, so Pedro says, Orlando, what do you recommend? I want to advertise on social media or social networks. Should I do it by zip code or by community? Very, very, very good question. So when we're doing it, so there are two type of um, uh, campaigns, right? The ones that are local and the ones that are international. So let's focus right now because you mentioned zip code, so it's local here in the States. I'd rather you do it by zip code if you're going to do, for example, Facebook. And remember, Pedro, there's only one type of campaign that is going to give us the name, the phone number, and the email of that prospect. And that's called lead generation campaign. We have a very good 
Facebook course that is only $79. You can purchase it online through our website, and it's a four and a half hour course that explains to you exactly how to set up a lead generation campaign. So what you want to do, and we, we teach it in the course, is to focus your campaigns by zip code, not by community. Why? Because when you only do it by community, the reach is very, very, very small. So we want to target two or three zip codes, especially here in, in, in South Florida. At least three zip codes is what's going to give you enough reach so you can have enough leads. Okay? So we want to have enough reach so we can have enough leads. So instead of just doing it by community, make sure you do it by zip code. Now, you can also do what we call in the course the split test, right? The A-B test. You can do both at the same time and put the same amount of money but split it in two. So if you're going to invest, Pedro, $50 per week, so do one campaign just for that those communities that you, you've chosen and then $25 for the zip code and see what works better. In our experience, what works better is, it's better is zip code. But remember, not every single area, it's the same. So you can try both, right? But I would bet first on zip codes. Very, very, yeah. Okay, so you said local, yeah. So I would bet first on zip codes, all right? But again, Listen, I'm talking about $25, $30 uh, to invest. So just go ahead and, 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 and try both. Pedro, excellent. I want that Facebook course. All right. So, Omero, if you're listening right now, if you can, uh, our technical support, if you can have the link to our Facebook course, I'll really appreciate it. So the people that are interested uh, can, uh, can register for that. All right. Excellent. All right. So... Right here, next question, uh, let's see, let's go back to the uh, the questions, the questions right here. Okay, second one, time management. Uh, I'm starting my real estate business uh, and I have a lot of things to do. All right, good, all right, very, very good. Uh, that's uh, Marlene, Marlene. Okay, so uh, what do you recommend? This is in Spanish, so I'm trying to translate it right here. Uh, do you recommend to take one day off per week to disconnect or should I only rest Sunday's afternoon? All right, so uh, it depends, Marlene, on what you're looking for, right? So your question again is, I'm new in real estate. Uh, should I work every single day? Should I take one full day to rest or should I only rest uh, Sunday's afternoon? So Marlene, at the end of the day about time management and how much time you, we put in our business, it's all about us, right? Uh, there is, it depends on what you want. If you want 30, 40, $50,000 a year, you don't have to work six weeks, uh, six, day, six days or six and a half days. If you put it there, six and a half days, uh, uh per week. But if you want $150,000, $200,000, in your first year, it's going to be a lot of work usually, right? So what is it that you want? And again, the amount of money that you want has nothing to do with success or not. Right. So success doesn't mean X amount of money. Success means reaching the amount of money you want to make. So if you're OK with thirty thousand dollars and you reach those thirty thousand dollars to me, you're considered a, a success. Now, if you want to make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and you only made one hundred and twenty five to me, that's failure. All right. So, again, what is it that you want? And according, there is a saying that goes like this. If you want to have a million dollar business, you need to have a million dollar work ethics. So are your ethics, your work ethics comparable to what you want to make? 
So if you want to make $30,000, definitely in your first year, usually you don't have to work six and a half days a week. But if you want to make $75,000, dollars $90,000, especially in your first year, you need to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It needs to become your obsession. All you need to think about is real estate. The, the faster you engage in this, the faster you submerge, the faster you get into real estate, the faster you are going to see the results. So how fast do you want the results? And not only how fast you want the results, but define results for yourself, all right? And that will tell you how many hours you need to work. I rather you go overboard in terms of how many hours you work, especially in the first year, because I rather you be tired of working too much and making enough money than being tired and stressed out because you didn't work that much and you don't have the money. So to me, the stress that we put in ourselves because of financial difficulties it's always higher than the stress we put in ourselves because we work too much. Usually, that's the way it is. So I'd rather you go overboard working six and a half days a week, right, uh, at the beginning, and then making sure that you may have enough money. But again, it's also not about how much you work, but what are you putting your attention on? Remember, three things. I'm going to simplify for you the three things you need to be doing, Marlene, in a daily basis. Number one, remember specialized knowledge. Are you acquiring the specialized knowledge needed needed to help your clients? Number two, are you doing the daily marketing to go from being a secret agent to what? To a real estate agent. All right. Number two, it's see how do gen how do you generate the leads? Generating the leads is the second step. You don't want to generate leads before having the specialized knowledge because generating the leads, in other words, marketing, if you don't have the specialized knowledge, all you're doing is telling more people that you don't know what you're talking about. So engage on developing that specialized knowledge. Live and breathe our course, Marlene, every single morning when you're putting makeup up, when you're getting dressed, listen to the modules in order. The first 20 minutes of your day, get into the modules in order. Guys, we've been doing this for 19 years, 19 years. So we know a bit of what you need to do. Are there other things that work that are not in the course? I'm sure there are, but the course gives you the foundation. So try first what works, the proof and the course. You have way more than enough testimonials that you know that the uh, uh, course works. So stop taking a little bit from here, a little bit from there, a little bit from that book, a little bit from our course, a little bit from YouTube, a little bit from Google. Focus in this course, master this course. You want to take information to skills. And the other, the way you do that is by mastering that information. And the only way to master information is through repetition. So Marlene, please, this course, before you do anything else, any book, before you go into another course, you already purchased this one. So make sure you master this one. It's going to give you the results. You're going to learn how to get the specialized knowledge. You're going to learn, and you've seen it already. You learn how to generate more leads, which is marketing, and you know how to have more sales and more meaningful sales conversations, okay? Very, very, very good point. So here's another question. Can you give me examples of objections that tell me that the person is not prepared to buy or sell? I don't want to waste my time. Oh, by the way, our technical support, as you can see right here, uh, have the... Uh, Facebook course, so for any of you who want to uh, get it, you can go here, it's just $75. It will explain to you step by step exactly how to get the name, 
the phone number, the email of that person, so you can start generating more leads. And I've shown you before how to generate leads literally, literally overnight. So a very important point. So again, going back to the question, Pedro, can you give me examples of objections that tell me that the person is not prepared to buy or sell? I don't want to waste my time. So again, let's go back to the objections. We know that from sellers, there are eight objections and there are only eight objections and Pedro, you've seen it in the modules, right? Number one is what? The first objection is about pricing, right? The client believes that the price of his property, it's higher than the market. So right there, I know if the if the market price is half a million dollars and my client think he can sell for 650, I already know that person is not qualified. Number two is commission, right? Client says, my friend, my neighbor, the other company is charging me 4%. Why do you charge 6%? So you need to give enough value. And we teach you in the coaching how to overcome the commission objection. Very, very, in a very good way. Number three, it's comparison, right? So we want to position ourselves as the experts of choice. And we tell you exactly how to position yourself when somebody wants to compare you. Number four, it's stalling to, uh, authority, right? I want to speak to my wife. I need to speak to my parents, my family who also own this property. Number five is let me think about it. Number six, it's no need. Number seven is satisfied. And number eight, it's what? Compromise. I don't want to uh, sign any agreement. Bring me a buyer and I'll pay you the commission. So that's the way we see if somebody, in terms of the objections, the way we see if somebody is ready, willing, and able to buy property and do it with us. When you're talking to buyers, there are three main questions. So, Mr. Buyer, we've already seen 12, 15 properties. So, understand that when every single buyer goes into the market and writes an agreement, a purchase agreement, he's going to sacrifice one of three things. Again, Mr. Buyer, every single buyer sacrifices one of three things when that person is purchasing real estate. So, number one, it's location right so location the area and the building facing the water facing the ocean uh facing the city in a high floor in a lower floor in a different community right in a different area of the city as i said before number two if it, that person is not willing to sacrifice location then the question is is that person willing to sacrifice space right so can you go instead of uh, to a three three uh, a condominium, can you go to a 2-2 two, two or a 1-1, one, one, right? Space is number two. And if you can't sacrifice that, then can you sacrifice number three, price, right? Every single time, even multi-million dollar clients, buyers, sacrifice one of those three things. And especially for those high, high net worth individuals, what they sacrifice is price. So for example, I want, one of my favorite areas here in Miami is uh, Surfside, right? So I say, I want to buy a 3-3 bedroom apartment in Surfside. So if I were the, 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 the agent helping me, number one, it's okay, Orlando, you've seen 10 apartments in Surfside, but you have not placed an offer on any of those. So let's talk about the three things. Number one, are you willing to sacrifice the location? So can you move a little bit north to Sony Isles, maybe that the price per square foot is a little bit lower? Said, no, 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 no. I want to stay here in Surfside. All right, can we look at a place in Surfside that is a little bit less expensive? No, 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 I wanna stay in this building. All right, so can we 
instead of purchasing a property facing the water, can we move the location facing the city? No, 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 no. I want ocean front. Okay, that's fine. Then, can we sacrifice the size instead of a three three? Can it be a two two? I know you have a wife and a, and two kids, but it's a beach apartment. So, can it be a two two? No, 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 no. I want a three three because I have a boy and a girl, and I don't want them sharing bathrooms. Okay, so you say you want it in an ocean front you want it in surfside and also you want it making sure you want it facing the ocean yes so what am i sacrificing price and if i if in my budget i everything that i've seen right three bathrooms facing the ocean uh on surfside it's above my boat budget guess what pedro that person is not qualified so those three questions are going to allow me to determine whether that person is qualified or not all right, very, very, very good. So again, with practice, the pre-qualifying process, it's going to get easier and easier and easier, all right? So uh, number three, okay, well, can you give us a uh, question, uh, can you give us examples of objections that people, okay, that, okay, it's the same question. Okay, pretty much it's the same question. Uh, presentation, uh, what should I include in the presentation the comparables, last properties, the properties sold, uh, pending properties, and, and should I should I share that with my clients? Again, it's another question. Well, well, with the presentation, I don't want to talk about sold properties, and this is the last question that I'm going to take today. So he asked, should I include in my presentation properties recently sold? Uh, no. So the way I go, if no in parentheses. So. The way I do a presentation, if my client wants to sell a property for $600,000, right? And the comparables are 590, 550, 545, do I need to show sold properties? No, right? Even if they sold for $200,000 or for a million dollars, those properties are irrelevant because right now I have competition that is below my price. Got it? And that's the simplest way to explain it when we have comparable properties that are below, below the listing price my seller wants to list for. Got it? So if I can find properties, comparable properties that are below the listing price he wants to put it on the market for, those are the ones that I'm going to use. Because it doesn't really matter for how much they sold. They have might have sold for $50 million three months ago, but if I have comparable properties selling below his price, does that really matter? Of course not. Now, if his is the lowest in the market, right? But the properties that recently sold within the last six months still below his price. So we're going to have the, the we are going to argue that the bank is not going to finance his property. Yeah, he's the lowest overpriced property in the market, but the properties that sold were at five, 545, 550. So the only way we're going to sell his at $600,000 if we find, is if we, if we find a buyer that is not going to finance because will the bank finance if the recently properties sold are below his listing price? Of course not. So that's the way uh, you come up with those. So Susan says, excellent suggestions for qualifying. Uh, what do you do then? Well, very simple. If, if I've done the pre-qualifying questions, all right, for my client, and I can't find anything, that's not a client. I let him go. Remember that the saying in real estate, right? You wanna be the first uh, child, the second wife, and the third agent. Usually the third agent is the one who gets actually 
the person to buy or sell the, sell the property because the buyer or the seller, the client has come through the education process, all right? So again, I want, I'd rather lose, quote unquote, my client on the phone that, that waste two or three months. That's why the pre-qualifying process is so, so, so important. So it's 10.30 on the dot. Guys, if you have any other questions, make sure you post them in the forum, all right? Thank you very much for your, uh, for your comments, Susan, all right? So if you have any other questions, post them on the forums. We usually take 24 hours, 24 hours to answer your questions. Sometimes one of them sleep. And if they do, make sure you send me an email at Orlando at Montiel Organization. Orlando at Montiel Organization. You're welcome, guys. Organization.com. If I have not answered any of your questions in the forum, and I will refer you to a forum, pick up the phone and call you if it's easier. But our job is to make sure you get your questions answered. So they're asking right here, okay, what form? The form in coaching, remember guys, in the platform, you have the form. You have it in Spanish, and of course, you have it in English. So go to the forum in the left-hand side on your coaching platform in the lab, in the left-hand side, and ask your questions. Our job is to answer them for you. Until next Monday, make it a very, very productive day. And remember guys, this Thursday, we have our group coaching call. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.